Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Today we're going to be talking about the absolute insanity happening right now at Syracuse University. See, Syracuse University is a private research university in New York with an endowment of $1.3 billion and over 22,000 students. It's ranked 54th in the nation by U.S. News and has several programs that actually rate in the top 20 or even top 10 of their kind. By all accounts, Syracuse University seems like a pretty good school. Definitely not some podunk community community college with questionable accreditation where professors give you extra credit for buying products from their multi-level marketing schemes. No offense if that sounds like the school where you went. But despite being fairly reputable, Syracuse U has been in the news lately for some less than stellar reasons, and it's looking a lot more like a scene from Lord of the Flies than a place of higher education. Hundreds of Syracuse students confront university leaders. Things need to change demanding sweeping reforms that include a more diverse curriculum and faculty. We will not be silenced. I felt like I was being threatened and there was going to be some kind of physical harm done to me. Students are also concerned. The university has increased police patrols. I felt threatened. Professors have canceled classes because they don't feel comfortable teaching. It really hurts. Like, I don't even feel welcome on campus at this point. So you're probably wondering what on earth could have caused all this panic and outrage. Did some students try to establish a KKK chapter on campus? Did a professor go on a rant advocating white nationalism and the forcible removal of non-whites from the country? Have roving mass gangs been patrolling campus to assault LGBT students? What what could possibly have these students so upset and downright scared, apparently? Well, it turns out, graffiti. Yeah, that's a uh that's what did it. So that craziness is what we're going to be talking about today. But first, I have a quick message from our sponsor, Quip. What actually makes a better toothbrush? Industrial strength power, claims of miraculous trendy ingredients, multiple modes. If you ask your dentist, they'll tell you it's less about the brush and more about how you use it. That's why Quip was created by dentists and product designers to focus on what actually matters for your oral health, and that's healthier habits. Quip sensitive vibrations with a built-in timer guide gentle brushing for the dentist recommended two minutes with 30 second pulses ensuring an even clean. Quip also automatically delivers brush heads to you every three months for clean new bristles right on schedule. These thoughtful features make brushing something you actually want to do twice every day. Good habits matter to live a healthier life, so help form fresh oral habits with Quip. Quip starts at just $25 and you'll get your first refill free at getquip.com chan. This is a simple way to support our show and start brushing better, plus we'll be toothbrush buddies, but you have to go to getquip.com slash chen to get your first refill free. Go right now to getquip.com slash chen. Now, to really understand what's happening over at Syracuse, we first need to go over what's been dubbed by students as the two weeks of hate. Basically, over the past around two weeks, students claim there have been 12 to 13 different racist incidents, or what they're calling hate crimes. As Syracuse.com writes, the first incident was at Day Hall, where, quote, SU authorities were alerted on November 7th by students about racist graffiti found overnight in bathrooms on the fourth and sixth floors of Day Hall, a dorm for first-year students. Next, five days later, there was more racist graffiti found in a physics building bathroom, and the infamous student sit-in at one of the school's buildings would begin a day later. 
but we'll get to that in just a second. Then on November 14th, a swastika was found drawn in the snow off campus, and police were actually called to the scene for this. To do what? I'm not sure. And on November 15th, more racist graffiti, this time against Asian people, was found in Day Hall. On November 16th, more racial graffiti and a swastika were found in another building. That same day, someone claims to have heard another student yell a racial epithet. And November 16th again, the school confirmed it was investigating a hateful email directed at several members of the campus community. And in the most confrontation-heavy incident, quote, Late November 16th, an African-American woman told SU officials someone shouted the N-word as she walked near College Place, a main road on campus. Describing the incident, the head of the school says it involved 14 people leaving a party at a fraternity house, four RSU students and nine are students at other schools. The four SU students are on interim suspension and the other students' schools have been contacted. Look, I'm obviously against yelling racial slurs at someone, targeting people because of their race and or any acts of vandalism and graffiti. But let's think about this rationally for just a second. The racial slur thing, the one with witnesses, I mean, it seems like it was some stupid frat boys who are being dealt with. I'm still not sure exactly what happened from the descriptions of the event that I've seen, but hey, as stupid and wrong as it sounds like those students were being, does anybody remember the concept of proportionality? As someone who's half Chinese and half white online, if I were to stage sit-in protests every time someone called me a racist slur or sent me a mean email, I'd never get anything done. And again, I'm not condoning the use of these slurs, but like, how do you people not have anything better to do? And with all the graffiti, honestly, it really does seem like this could be the work of one single troll. This doesn't seem like any sort of systemic issue, and aside from catching this guy, maybe putting in some better surveillance to protect against vandalism, I really don't know what the school can do about this. One incident that I do think was worth concern though, or at least would have been, were the reports that the New Zealand Shooters Manifesto, or rather a link to it, was being airdropped to people's phones on campus. Since university shootings have happened before and copycat crimes are a thing, I really don't blame people for being on edge when they heard that, and I think it was good that security was increased on campus following those reports. But as it turns out, that whole manifesto thing was a hoax. According to CBS News, quote, authorities haven't been able to find anyone who directly received the manifesto, the school's chancellor told the university senate on Wednesday. It was apparent that this rumor was probably a hoax, he said, but that reality was not communicated clearly and rapidly enough to get ahead of escalating anxiety. Even though the worst instance of racism on campus turned out to not be a thing, students have still taken it upon themselves to essentially take over one of the school's buildings in a sit-in, which, if you're not familiar with the term, is some act of hippie commune protest thing. Describing the sit-in, Syracuse.com says that, quote, a student uprising brewing for years at Syracuse University transformed overnight a new $50 million campus gym into a shelter for protesters. A crowd that started with about 50 mostly black students grew into a small village, replete with a fully stocked makeshift cafeteria and a tutoring center. Increasingly diverse students and supporters packed the lobby of SU's Barnes Center, tripling the size of the sit-in over one week. Choir singer 
trainers and therapy dogs came in, and workshops in self-defense sprang up. Students of color wrote pleas, some translated to Mandarin Chinese, of how they were weary, angry, and disappointed over continuing to feel out of place at SU. And as part of these protests, students have been using the hashtag NotAgainSU, which to me seems kind of overly dramatic. It's almost like they're invoking the never again mentality of the Holocaust, but it's like, you're dealing with graffiti. And I don't really know how many students exactly are camped out in this building, but from what I can tell, they've been there for at least 10 days and don't show any signs of leaving. Far be it from me to tell these administrators how to run their school, I guess, but trust me, if I were in charge, this BS would not be tolerated. And since SU doesn't seem to be in any hurry to address the fact that students have basically seized one of their buildings, according to the leaders of the student protests, they're not going anywhere until all of their demands are met. So what are these demands, right? Seeing as how these protests are the result of, if you ask me, largely imagined or overblown slights, what have these wise students deemed an acceptable response from the university? Well, it should surprise no one, really, that they are asking for a lot of things. As Syracuse.com writes, and they've really been on top of this whole fiasco, I don't think much else happens in Syracuse. The list of demands students sent to the school's chancellor includes, quote, punishment including expulsion for any student involved in racist incidents including perpetrators and bystanders. Wow, bystanders, really. Updated mandatory diversity education for incoming students and for all newly hired faculty and staff. Clearer policy against hate speech. Housing options for students to live in multicultural living communities. More counselors who better represent represent the student body, including counselors who can speak languages native to students, dedicated space for multicultural affairs offices and organizations focused on students of color. By the way, the school already has a social justice building. Additional financial aid for students of color, because why not? And $1 million for a revamped curriculum that addresses racism. Those are a heck of a lot of demands in response to things that, let's face it, haven't actually hurt anybody. Not that those incidents were okay, but nobody has been injured unless you count butthurt. But before we go any further, I need to tell you guys about an awesome deal from my friends at Black Rifle Coffee Company. Black Rifle Coffee Company is a veteran-owned and operated premium small batch roast-to-order coffee company for people who love America. They import only the highest quality beans from around the world and always roast-to-order their coffee for you after you place an order to ensure that you receive the freshest coffee available. All Black Rifle Coffee Company blends are available in whole bean and ground varieties, and they also also have many roasts available for purchase in single-serve coffee rounds. And the best way to enjoy this freedom-filled coffee is with the Black Rifle Coffee Club. You choose the amount and the blends that you crave, and they offer it to you at a special discounted price. Ship free directly to your home or office every month. And if you order coffee in the month of November, Black Rifle Coffee will send a bag of their limited-time offer holiday roast to troops overseas to be delivered by Christmas. So wake up to America's coffee by going to Black Rifle Coffee coffee.com slash Lauren. That's blackriflecoffee.com slash Lauren and enter the discount code Lauren and you'll receive 20% off your first order of any coffee products, including Black Rifle Coffee Club. Call me a cynic, but I'm pretty sure these students are just using the graffiti incidents as a way to shoehorn in more far-left social justice policies. And before anyone starts to feel too bad for the administrators, 
Remember, it's this kind of Marxist pseudo-revolutionary attitude that the professors and administrators themselves are instilling in these students. Don't believe me? Here's an interview with one of Syracuse's actual professors. So while we can talk about the kind of bureaucratic goals or larger systemic goals of the administration, I don't want to flatten that to also represent the faculty members. I think the faculty members um, are very much so invested in making sure that the students are supported. Um, and that's something that has made me feel very, very welcomed here as a faculty member of color, uh, as a faculty member who's also queer and who was just a grad student like six months ago, right? This is very personal to me. Yeah, as far as I'm concerned, these protests are just the university reaping what they've sown. But I do want to go back to those demands for a second, specifically the one about housing options for students to live in multicultural living communities. At face value, that doesn't sound too bad. But in practice, what multicultural living communities means on university campuses is racially segregated housing. And actually, footage from the sit-in, which shows some of the students' demands written in their own words, has a point which demands that the university, quote, agree to offer a same-race option for roommate selection on the housing application for all students. Frankly, I think these students are just overly sensitive, racist crybabies who have a giant chip on their shoulders put there by irresponsible adults who have been force-feeding them grievance politics. And actually, video has been released from one of the students... I don't even know what to call it, cry sessions, I guess? And they're even more unbearable than you could imagine. You guys need to understand your privilege as white people. You have to understand, use your platform that we don't have. Why is it that we have to come out here and speak on something that you should have been done? So what I'm trying to understand is, why is it that we have to go through racism with our own teachers? Why is it that we have to go into our counselors and deal with their racist BS? What? What professors have been racist? What is this woman talking about? And does she mean actual racism or microaggression racism? And I am so sick of these social justice activists who tell white people to use their platforms to help non-white communities while simultaneously telling them that they're not allowed to comment on issues that affect POC. So it's like, which is it? Well, what do you want from me? Honestly. party I was at, we walked outside and their white neighbors called the cops on them. The cops on the black students at this party. What are you waiting for? Let's talk about on the news. The black lady was shot in her house when their neighbor called for a wellness check. What do you want? And that two students get shot for going to a party? What's next? What's next? And then where's our money? Let's talk about $23,000 for Sean Spicer to come here. First off, if it is true that a woman got shot in her own home because of a wellness check, that is completely ridiculous and those cops need to be held responsible. But it doesn't seem like that happened at the university, so why bring it up? And if someone called the cops on a party, it's probably because the college party was being too loud because that's how college parties work. Second, I think it's perfectly fair for students to be uncomfortable with absorbently high speakers fees, which they end up paying, but I have a feeling that this person is more concerned with the fact that Spicer used to work for Trump. In which case, I no longer care. I get anxiety attacks, I have panic attacks. This university stole my mental health. I was one of the happiest people before I came here. And you want me to pay full tuition that those white students are paying for what? For a university who stole my mental health? I can't sleep. I can't sleep anymore. I wake up and I wake my roommate up, I'm crying. And I had a panic attack, I couldn't get up until I booked my flight home. I hate it here. I hate it here. <laughs> like, what is wrong with y'all? When Walter said, stop admitting us, I felt 
blood in my soul. If y'all would have admitted me, I would have been happy at home. That all doesn't sound like a university problem. That sounds like a you have anxiety issues problem, which I can sympathize with because I struggle with anxiety too, but I don't know if it's fair to blame the university for that, much less ask them for a discount because of it. Also, I'm sorry, but if you really hate the school that much, then why are you still there? Does this person know that she can leave? Like, she doesn't need to be there if she's that unhappy? An admissions letter isn't like a sentence where you're forced to go to that school. That's not how university works. Honestly, these students remind me a lot more of toddlers throwing a temper tantrum than they do university students supposedly protesting racial injustices. I think these students need to grow up. I think the university administration deserves any headache they have right now for even tolerating this. And I eagerly await the news that Syracuse University's admissions have dropped like they did for Evergreen College. In any case though, that's pretty much all I have to say about this nonsense. And as always, I would love to know what you guys think. What do you think should be done to address the situation at Syracuse University? And why do you think whiny immature college students are so common now. Let me know, but that's it for now. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, and I'll see you next time.